Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman and we'll be alongside Steve Harmison every day of the Test Summer as England take on New Zealand and India at home. And it was uh, New Zealand up first at Lords, and it turned out to be a memorable day for reasons good and bad. Plenty to discuss today and you are listening to Following On. So if you've downloaded the podcast, you probably know by now it ended up being New Zealand's day with Devon Conway on debut, ending it unbeaten on 136. His name on the honours board, or at least it will be once his innings finishes, as alongside Henry Nichols, the two steering the Kiwis away from 114 for three to 246 for three at Stumps. An unforgettable day for New Zealand's debutant, and equally so for one of two England new boys, Ollie Robinson, the pick of the bowlers at the midway point of the day with two wickets. But it was about that time that tweets started resurfacing from his account that he'd posted nine years ago, which included discriminatory remarks and which led to an apology at the close of play. We will reflect on it all, myself and Steve Harmison, and this is following on. Story of the day. So, Harmy, I mean, what a day for Devon Conway. And of all the innings I've seen on debut, of all the times I've seen a player score a century, I struggle to think of a player who looks so comfortable, um, so chanceless. And um, after a lot of talk, not from the player himself, but certainly from the, uh, the New Zealand media um, and cricket fans on that side of the world about this player, well, he's certainly justified it. He walked the walk. He's still there at close of play. Um, and what a day for him up on the honours board. I mean, it, it couldn't have gone any better. And it was chanceless, apart from a little spell against Mark Wood before lunch when he was given the hurry up. I thought that was as assured an innings from a debutant um, that, that I've seen for many, many years. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if, if Kane Williamson had played that innings, we'd be shouting from the rooftops and saying, what a great innings from a great player at a great venue. This is a young, he's not a young man, he's 29 year old. So, He's played over 100 first-class matches, so we've not, it's not so much to be careful because you don't know how people are going to react in the, uh, in the cauldron of test match cricket in the arena. But what you have got to put into context is this guy's played a lot of cricket. He's not a young player going in. He's had to do his, the hard yards in first-class cricket in South Africa, first and foremost, and then wait to get a chance while he qualifies in New Zealand. That's that's happened in England a couple of times, to be fair, with the likes of Graham Hick and Kevin Peterson and stuff like that. So we can't complain that somebody from a different country has gone to another country and getting 100 against us because, you know, that would be very, very hypocritical. Boy played well. 
and he deserved his 100. You know, you mentioned the hurry up we got against Mark Wood. That was a little bit welcome to test cricket. I'm not sure you'd have faced anything like Mark Wood in first-class cricket in Africa or in New Zealand. That was a little taster of welcome to test match cricket. But the rest of it, he looked accomplished. He looked comfortable. His head and balance was fantastic, especially batting at Lords. First time batting at Lords when you don't use, you don't know the slope. It's great to bowl at sometimes when batters haven't batted on it because the slope, the balance just knocks you off one way, makes you lean back the next. So you bring slip into play. Uh, yep, it was it was faultless. It looked effortless, to be fair. He looked very, very accomplished using the pace of the ball. Um, England didn't bowl badly. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and hammer England. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but me and you had a couple of text messages last night. I'd always play a spinner at Lords, always, mm. because of the slope. No matter how dry it is, no matter how green it is, because of the slope and DRS, the modern game, you have to play a spinner because one just runs on, hits a front pad. It's, it, it's got a great chance because batsmen don't know if it's going to turn or is it not going to turn. Is it going to go with the slope, going to go down the slope? All these little conundrums that come into it. That's what a spinner brings into play at Lords. So from me, that was the only, it's, like you say, hindsight's a wonderful thing. The pick Lolly Robinson, he bowled very, very well. But Conway batted absolutely magnificent. Um, and like you say, apart from a little passage, he didn't look massively uncomfortable. He just got the hurry up. But apart from that, he looks as though he could be there for a while. If he gets in tomorrow morning, he could be there. I've, look, I tell you, I've been there. As a bowler, I've walked off thinking... At the end of a day's play, 250 for, well, at the time, South Africa, 250 for one after Nasser dropped Graham Smith, young left-hander, not knowing much about him. He went on and got 275, I think. We knew once he got past that half an hour, half past 11 on the Friday morning, it might take something special to get this kid out or he might have to get himself out. He didn't. He carried on. He got 275. I'm not saying that's what Conway is going to do, if the England bowlers don't get in with a new ball tomorrow morning, it could be a long afternoon for the England bowlers because these guys bat all the way down to number 10. Wagner, you'd say, is the only one. That's a natural number 11. And even Wagner um, combined with East Sodi a couple of years back to, to frustrate England. So he mm. can bat as well. He's the night watchman and he's coming in at 11. Um, there were a couple of things that really impressed me about Conway many of them you've just mentioned, but there was, a, there was that passage of play against Mark Wood. But, you know, the afternoon session, I thought England bowled terrifically well. Mm. Um, New Zealand were 85 for one. They then lost Kane Williamson early. And they only added, what was that, 59 runs in the afternoon session. But at no point did it seem like Conway was panicking. Um, he was just letting the bowlers do their thing. You know, he was beaten a couple of times, but nothing, nothing anywhere near what was going on at the other end when Ross Taylor's innings was, was, was going on. That was really skittish. Kane Williamson didn't ever really look set either. But from 114 for three, you know, himself and Henry Nichols, they, they, they're not taking the game away from England, but I thought Conway batted especially well. And then, of course, in the final session, when the bowlers are starting to tire, it's been a hot day here at Laws, a little bit of cloud cover at times, but it's been a batting day. Then he took advantage. You know, um, and the runs as he approached 100 were coming thick and fast. There was no nervous 90s. So good for him. The other thing was his celebration. Mm. There was none. You know, there was no David Warner running, running or KP even actually running to get the single. 
jumping in the air, taking off the air helmet, kissing the badge, punching the bat in the air. It was very much, we are a side that likes to bat once. And this is about batting once. New Zealand will be eyeing up 500 and bowling England out twice. That's the way they win games. So, um, yeah, plenty to, plenty to admire from a guy on debut. There's a couple of other guys on debut, of course. James Bracey will have to wait for another day. Um, Ollie Robinson, uh, I thought he did look tired in the final session of today, which when you imagine all the, well, you tell me, all the nerves that must go around on debut. Um, but first up, he seemed to take his county game uh, to the international arena. And I suppose that's what you've got to do. And it, and it, and it paid off. Yeah, I think he bowled very well. First up, I thought he, he hit the seam nicely, he used the slope, um, continued what he's been doing for Sussex. Um, not great pace, what we weren't expecting, great pace. Typical English type seamer. Um, ball, he, he might make the ball bounce a little bit more on the subcontinent when yeah, the the you know from a height point of view. So his pace doesn't really matter. That sort of negates it. If he had been a bit shorter, then you'd think overseas he could be. Because we, we, we're looking long-term. When you pick somebody on debut, you are looking long-term. You're not looking to just pick him for three or four games and then let's see let's see him gone in September and see who comes in because we, we're not looking for another fast lad. Ollie Robinson, I think, is a, is a long-term pick. I see them using him in Australia. Tall bowler, hits a deck. I say he, he hold a line-up. He, he looked nervous a little bit at the start. He looked tired a lot at the end. One thing I will say from experience, when you play test match cricket, is one of the toughest days, you, from a fielding point of view, it's one of the toughest days you'll ever have. You can run for miles. You can be you know, in the gym. You can do all the training you want. But the mental exhaustion you have at the end of a test match day is something that you can only do, you can only experience by experience. And that, for me, is what Ollie Robinson's got to get his head round. I thought Bracey did very, very well behind the stumps. He looked quite accomplished. Ball wobbled a little bit, took it, not a problem. Um, but Robinson, you know, I've said this many times before, I could play for Durham, 104 overs in a day, back in the day, bowl 30-odd overs, have seven or eight pints at night time, come back the next morning and do it all again. Play cricket for England in a 90-over day. If I bowled 16 overs, I wouldn't see nine o'clock. I'd be exhausted. I'd be not easy. That's without this at seven or eight pints. It does wonderful things to your mind playing international cricket because the minute you get to the ground, there's a camera on you. The minute you get into the Lord's Pavilion, the eyes just wander. Absolute wonder. The history going up and down them steps three, four times because of either going off for drinks, lunchtime, tea time, end of play. The cameras that are on you before the game, you're getting the cat presentation. You've got people coming up to you, former greats, possibly not with COVID, but you would have all the Sky Boys going up to him and saying, congratulations on your debut. I hope it goes well for you. Same with the, you know, the, you know, the, other, the other written media, the, the other broadcasters. And that takes energy out of you before you even start because you know, you're getting congratulated by greats of the game because that's why they're there commentating. So... I thought he bowled very, very well, all, all in, all toll. He'd be pleased with his performance. He's got to back it up tomorrow. That's the challenge. Somebody like Ollie Robinson bowling 82, 83 mile an hour can't afford to bowl 77 mile an hour tomorrow, hit the deck you know, in and around a good off stump because 
then all of a sudden there'll be a lot of question marks on. If you bowl around about that pace, you have to sustain that pace. You have to keep your fitness in a, in a way. And that's his challenge. If he comes back tomorrow morning, hits the deck hard like he did this morning, in and around that 82, 83 mark, and look challenging with the second new ball, then all of a sudden he will get better and better and better through experience. If he comes back and it's a bit powder puff, if it's a bit floaty, all of a sudden there'll be question marks on the durability and the engine of, of Ollie Robinson. So there's a lot going on at the moment for Ollie Robinson, things that he has to get his head around. Um, but all in all, from getting his cap this morning and bowling his, bowling his a lot of overs in the day, walking off the field, he should be proud of what he's just achieved. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bingbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Moment of the day. Well, there's no doubt what moment of the day will be. It was that moment. Devin Conway um, clipping Ollie Robinson to the boundary for four. I mean, it was some uh, nice risky stroke play, but some foot movement there as well. It was quite an extravagant shot, actually. Um, went through the 90s and there was the moment but there was another moment uh, which may not be celebrated well it might be celebrated by the Kiwis but it was a decision uh, announced at the toss that England would not play a spinner Jack Leach once again is a full guy Uh, Joe Root yesterday was asked uh, whether he was more confident in his own abilities as a spinner after what happened in India Uh, and it seems that that's played a part but also the fact that uh, England didn't want to go in with a Jack Leach batting at eight no, but is that the way to, to go about things? Um, when you consider that Joe Root very, very nearly dismissed Henry Nichols' um, stump by a ball that turned away from him, um, and he did get a little bit of turn on day one here, and he bowled way too many overs for what he wanted to do, 
it already looks like that's a decision that may come back to haunt England. But, of course, if they did play Jack Leeds, then who wouldn't have played? Because uh, Robinson took two wickets and at times would look threatening. Yeah, it just shows you how good, not so much good, how important Ben Stokes is to this to this team. I made my debut and played the whole, my whole career with with another one who will be classed as one of the, the all-time great all-rounders of English cricket, and that's Andrew Flintoff. That was one of the only, not one of the only reasons, but that was a big reason why I was in a team. Because if you can play somebody like Andrew Flintoff, you can play a maverick like Steve Armisen, who can be tall, who can be fast, who can be erratic, who can get wickets out of nothing, but could go round a park and be expensive. You probably can't have that maverick if you play a four-man attack. That's what Strauss's idea was. Once Flintoff had gone, they had Swan up their sleeve, who probably was as good as a, an all-rounder, Batting at number number eight behind the likes behind the likes of Pryor, and then you had Broad behind him. England haven't got that luxury now. They haven't got that luxury now. They haven't got the luxury of a, a bowler in the top six who can bowl fifteen overs or can change a game or can do something different. I said to you yesterday, John. England, you always play a spinner at Lords, especially with DRS, especially with DRS. The game is so much so different now with DRS. Played at Lords, remember. Few year ago against Chanderpaul, and he kicked Ashley Giles. He kicked him. He basically kicked him for a day. And all we wanted, all, all it was, was Ashley Giles bowling, sort of trying to bowl tight, keeping an end out, so end away, so the big fast lads could get a, a little bit of a break and come hard at the rest of them. We couldn't get Chanderpaul out. He got a hundred and whatever. He would have been out about six times if we had DRS. We had DRS, we would have been out many, many times. That's what spinner gives you. And I think you, ha- you have to play a spinner. But when it comes to it, if you play Robinson and Broad and Anderson, you've got not a similar bowler, but you've got a similar pace and there's no change up. And we talked about the only time Conway really got into trouble was that little spell of Mark Wood before lunch. You take that out of the game and all of a sudden these batters just rock on the front foot and try and smother the bounce, uh, smother the swing, smother the movement. So to take 20 wickets, for me, you don't pick a team to pick, to get 10 wickets in the first innings because the game comes back quickly to bite you on the backside. If it flattens out and it dries out, all of a sudden you, you've got nowhere to go. Joe Root is a fantastic bowler, but we need Joe Root to bat. If Joe Root's going to have to bat, bowl 25 overs in this innings with his back, we, we are asking we are asking a ridiculous amount of our England captain from a batting point of view, because if you look at the batting lineup, it is held together by Joe Root. It hasn't got Ben Stokes, haven't got the luxury of, and I know Briss is on debut, haven't got the luxury of Butler at seven. I just thought this was a big, big mistake. Big mistake. Don't play. If you want to play Broad and Anderson, you play Broad and Anderson. You don't play Robinson, you play Wood. This is our best team. This is our best bowling attack. Said this on the collectives the other night. We might have to suck it in and say, right, we might have a tail, a little bit of a tail. We've probably got four number 10s or four number nine and a halfs. We haven't got four number 11s back in the Malali, Malcolm, Tufnell days. But we have to take 20 wickets. And to take 20 wickets, you've got to have a variety in attack. Our best two greats of the game have to play. Our fast lad, because Archer's injured, we've got Wood, has to play. We have to play a spinner. Jack Leach in this game had to play and we back ourselves seven bats, six bats when a wicketkeeper and four bowlers. England won the Ashes overseas in Australia 10 years ago with four quick, three quick bowlers 
and Graham Swan. Jack Leach is not Graham Swan, but that's the, the dynamics you have to do. If the team knows that this is what it's got, you go with it. And unfortunately for me, the balance of the attack was all wrong. Hindsight's wonderful, but I think there's quite a lot of ex-cricketers who will be sitting in that press box, John, thinking exactly the same as what Steve Armisen's thinking. Um, we did talk about that moment with De- Devon Conway, but give us an idea of what it's like in the dressing room because we see the celebrations out in the field, but you've been in the dressing room many, many times and England batsmen on debut have come back and sat down and put their bats down. They've scored 100. Um, what, what, what are the different kinds of emotion that, that's on show? Exhaustion, elation, uh, bouncing off the walls or just knack? I mean, give us an idea of what it's like. Exhaustion. That's what it is because when they get in, that's we talked about earlier about the, the bowling and being able to, when you play for Durham, come off after having a long day in the field, have a few pints, have a nice laugh, a meal, come back and do the next day. Different when you play national cricket with everything that goes with it. But the minute you walk off and you've been out there, like Devin, Devin Conway has, he's been out there for 90 overs. And that's what's special about somebody like Sir Alistair Cook. Sir Alistair Cook, the great Sir Alistair Cook, Ricky Ponton, you know, the top, top, players that go in one, two or three, being there from the start of the very start of the day, still there at the end of the day. When they come off, yes, it's exhaustion. It's t- they're, they're knackered by the time of it because they've, they've used that much energy, switching on, switching off. Um, but there's also a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride when they walk through that dressing room to you know, fulfillment. You to know that you've just done what you've done for your team. You know, what do you, what it takes to win a game? Well, it doesn't just take 20 wickets to win a test, to, to win a test match. It takes probably five, four, five, six hundred runs over the course of that that five days. So for somebody to get a hundred, that is basically saying to the bowlers, "I've done my job. You win the game." How many times do we hear, John? Do you hear? And it's and I used to, I, I've said it many times about my five for at Lords. Five for at Lords in two thousand and five wasn't the best spell I bowled during that two thousand and five Ashes series. It was the the one at Trent Bridge because we won the game. It was we won the game. That's what. When you contribute to winning a game, that is the difference between a hundred, a meaningless hundred, and a proper hundred. Conway will be saying to his bowlers, please, come on, get me 20 wickets. Because if you get me 20 wickets, a hundred on debut means nothing. Does it, well, it means something, but it would mean extra special if it's a hundred and a winning debut. And I think that's what batsmen feel like when they come in after scoring a big, big score. Anodyne press conference moment of the day. On the biggest day of my career so far, I'm embarrassed by the racist and sexist tweets I posted about eight years ago, which have today become public. I want to make it clear that I'm not racist and I'm not sexist. I deeply regret my actions and I'm ashamed of making such remarks. I was thoughtless and irresponsible and regardless of my state of mind at the time, my actions were inexcusable. Since that period, I've matured as a person and fully regretted the tweets. Today should be about my efforts on the field and the pride of making my test debut for England. But my thoughtless behaviour in the past has tarnished this. Over the past few years, I've worked hard to turn my life around. I've considerably matured as an adult. The work and education I've gained personally from the PCA and my county Sussex and England cricketing have helped me to come to terms and gain, gain deep understanding of being a responsible professional cricketer. I would like to unreservedly apologise to anyone I've offended my teammates and the game as a whole in what has been a day of action and awareness and combating discrimination from our sport. I don't want something that happened eight years ago to diminish the efforts of my teammates and the ECB as they continue to build meaningful action 
with their comprehensive initiatives and efforts, which I fully endorse and support. I will continue to educate myself, look for advice and work with the support network that is available to me to learn more about getting better in this area. I'm sorry, and I've certainly learned my lesson today. Well, usually this is a bit of a lighthearted moment uh, because, of course, so much of the press conferences take place and so much is said, but at the same time, uh, so little. Uh, unfortunately, today, uh, it was quite a, a unique situation. We we're watching a guy on debut, Ollie Robinson, uh, bowl very well, uh, but uh, it seems reminiscent of Martin Yole a few years ago when he seemed to be the only person in the world not knowing he was about to be fired um, whilst uh, managing a game involving Tottenham the press corps and everyone in the ground pretty much and a lot of people on social media were aware that these posts which i'm sure listeners will be aware of now which involved racist misogynist um um derogatory terms about the muslims i mean the list goes on on the day when the england team trooped out there with uh, united against um uh, prejudice t-shirts uh, for a player to have these tweets unearthed from uh, 2012 to 2013, when he pretty much ticked every single box of what the England team was supposedly against, and of course they are. I'm making no excuses for the guy. You know, we're all young, but that kind of stuff um, is just unacceptable. And it's a shame for him, but boy, what an idiot. Yeah, man, there's no, like you say, he's fronted up. He's apologised, says it was a difficult time of his life. Um, Yorkshire just sacked him possibly because of the attitude that he had at the time from looking after his body we looked at the world obviously because of what was in them tweets um, and you know the, his life was, was spiralling out of control he fronted up he didn't let anybody else do the press conference for him so you applaud him for that you can't condone anything he said you can't feel sorry for anything about that side of what he's done can say it was naive you can say it was stupid can say that he was an idiot it was a long time ago um and he has to somehow now and live with that because that's what's gonna be with him for the rest of his days no matter what ollie robinson does unfortunately ollie and i'm Look, I'm coming from past experience when things haven't gone quite right. Yes, mine was just something simple as bowling a ball at second slip. Cameron Bancroft will forever be remembered, along with David Warner and, and Steve Smith and countless other people. When things do, that's what you're remembered for. But unfortunately for Ollie Robinson, this is something that he does not need. Didn't need for it to surface. It had surfaced. And this is the challenge for him now to be a better person. Perfect. He's got a chance of being a better cricketer and he's got to be a better person for that. And if he does, then, you know, if he learns from this, then he'll be a better person from it. And ho I hope he does. I hope he does. And I hope it doesn't, doesn't tarnish him too much because, you know, he's got a chance. He's just had a chance to play at Lords. Um, fingers crossed he can deal with this and hopefully try and move on with his cricket and let that do the talking. What is going to happen tomorrow? Okay, Harmy, we're not uh, in this section of the show. We don't talk about what uh, should happen. We talk about what we think will happen. Uh, so, uh, New Zealand 246 to three overnight. Uh, we've had six overs of the new ball. Uh, you expect Anderson and Broad to open up on day two. Um, 
what do you expect to happen in terms of the pitch breaking up, in terms of the conditions which look to be very similar to today? Um, how do you see day two at Lords in the first test taking shape? I think it could be a long day for England. I really do. And I'm not, you know, I'm having a go and sticking the boot into England. This is a good pitch. And the best time to bat sometimes, at, sometimes the best time to bat at Lords is on day two and day three, or half on by lunchtime, two o'clock on, on day three. These are the best times to bat at Lords when it dries out properly. If there's a sunshine tomorrow, Lords, we've seen today, Lords is a very, very difficult field to defend if somebody gets in. Um, because of the slope, it is very, very difficult. Left and right-hand combination, the runs can get away from you. If England don't make early inroads tomorrow morning, Wood has to come on and start use, using them as a battering ram. Conway gets in first half an hour, 45 minutes. They've got some dangerous players down the order. Not only can they score runs, they can score runs quickly. I'm thinking of the likes of the Grandholm. I'm thinking the likes of Santner, and I'm thinking the likes of uh, Saudi. These players, they're there for a good, you know, they're not there all the time for a long time. And that they're there to play shots and they're for a good time. And if they get in around about three o'clock tomorrow afternoon, it could just give give that in, that impetus to the bowlers, but also give the New Zealand captain, Kian Williamson, an extra 50, 60 quick runs, which potentially could take the game away from England. That's what I think will probably happen because this is a good pitch. England didn't bowl badly. Not, not for... Not one bit am I going to nail the England bowlers. But the likes of Robinson and Wood have got to come back as strong as they did this morning, tomorrow morning, because if they don't, to back up Broaden Anderson, then England could fetch it with not having a frontline spinner, just to bowl either over the wicket or the, you know, a packed one-sided field and take 20 overs out of the game at two and over. If England don't get off to a good start with that brand new ball, then I can see England chasing four, 450, 500, 500 plus. That would be too big for England, I think. Hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.